1: Ladies and gentlemen, it is showtime. Please welcome the team of the Fulhamish
2: Podcast.
1: It's the Fulhamish Podcast, your independent voice of Fulham FC. My name's Sammy James. Welcome to the show. Today, we're going to look back at by far the worst game in the Premier League this weekend: Crystal Palace nil, Fulham Football Club nil. We probably deserve to win it. For once, we won the XG battle and we came away with a point from a difficult ground. But some problems up front. The rest of the team's looking quite good. If we could just have a goal scorer, it would be potentially borderline record stuff, I think, for Fulham this season. We'll look back over the match and we'll preview Wednesday night's Carabao Cup game, the Yo-Yo Derby, Norwich City at the Cottage. I can't wait to finally play Norwich City and for all the jokes to resume. And I'm joined today by Cameron Ramsey. Hello.
2: Watcher. How you doing, guys? You right?
1: Good, thank you. Elizabeth Barnard. Hello. Hi, everyone. And making his pod debut, delighted to welcome Avas Malik. How you doing?
0: I'm very well, thanks. Thanks for having me.
1: Oh man, it's uh it's good to have you. We've kind of been chatting for a long time, Avas. You've kind of been part of the gang for a little while, and we're like, we've yeah. got to get Avass on a pod. He knows his onions. Um <laughs> he, we, we need to get him in. So yeah, Avas, we're no, delighted to uh to have you on the show. Right, uh let's do some three-word reviews before we get into the game. Cam Ramsey has uh you know, he wiped away his hangover this morning. He got woken <laughs> up by the baby, but he still had time to write an article and look through some three-word reviews. What were the best ones that came in?
2: Right, well, I haven't wiped off the hangover just yet. It's hair of the dog still, right? <laughs> um, and of course, it's a nil-nil, one of the most mind-numbing games that any of us have ever seen. But we'll start off with free from Twitter. Um, so we'll kick off with Rick Cardis, um, which is last on MOTD. I don't watch match of the day. So I presume that's probably just how it panned I know out.
1: Rick and he lives in America. So I'm amazed that he <laughs> kind of has got that reference and cares. But anyway,
2: <laughs> big got the football boys. That's what I'm saying. Um, we've got Richard Smith with Rowley Need Goals, which uh, no truer words have ever been spoken before. Yeah. And at Rochi Baby, um, it's it's Lindsay. It's not really a free word review. Um, it, it's more of a sentence, really, but I found it funny. Um, can I have five words? Couldn't see a fucking thing. All in block capitals, which, uh, again, I think echoes the, uh, echoes the feeling amongst everybody in the fan base. So we've got two... Two from Instagram, I thought I'd delve into that, Pop. Very nice. Um, so we've got DJ Sparky 1969, which is sell worst striker derby, which is <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a bit of a poor pun, but rate it anyway. And uh, Nick since the 68, which is most clean sheets. And that, for me, is the overriding take from Saturday anyway, that we've got to run with and we've got to enjoy.
1: Yeah. You got to take the wins where they are and uh, three clean sheets out of six. It was the most yesterday. I haven't double checked since today's results, whether we still have the most amount of clean sheets in the league. I mean, most clean sheets in the league goal difference of minus 5. It's kind of like <laughs> <laughs> it's good and bad. I'm trying to work it out. It's kind of weird really. Um Avass it wasn't a classic. Um I think Fulham were the better team though and after 24 hours of sitting on it, I did manage to stay up and watch us on <laughs> match of the day. We were the better team, deserved to win it and Marcus Silva said so and I thought he was right. Like we actually made some bloody good chances yesterday. And Sam Johnston pulled off some good saves. It wasn't a classic, but I feel like we did everything right in that game other than put the ball in the net.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think if you if you go back to the beginning of the game, at, Andres Pereira had a chance within the first three or four minutes, um, after he's put through by Robinson. I think we had a, Mm. we had a great start. The first 15 minutes of that game, we were all over them. We were back to how we used to be, how we loved Fulham playing. Um, I think the game changed on the referee just wanting to play his role in the game. Uh, yeah, there's a time where we lost the ball, ricocheted off a Palace player, hit the ref. You think the game's going to stop. Kleene tries to get the game stopped, gets booked, and the momentum shifts. I think, but up until then, we were controlling that game. We had um, the chance from William as well when he cut in. It was great. Uh, Raul had that chance with an amazing first touch before he struck it straight at the keeper. I think first half we were dominant. So I think we should have taken the points, but yeah, uh, a, good, a good first half. Uh, I think we tailed off towards the end of it.
1: Avast! I can tell you're going to fit in on the podcast because it's only taken uh, three or four minutes and you're already slagging off referees.
0: You'll fit right in. Mean, yeah. do, you, do you blame um, me? Do you blame me after what he did in that first time? It half? was so weird. It like, was odd. Has the rule changed? Like I, what? Like, it's drop ball, isn't I, it? Like, I was I was being convinced that um, because. Palace had the ball that play could continue because Palace got the ball after the ref. But if you actually watch it, we had the ball. The Palace player stuck his leg out and bricocheted off him. So I don't, I don't understand. And then Polina getting booked 30 seconds later, the ref, the ref wanted to play his, play his part in the game. I think similar with Tim Reams booking two minutes later. Mm. It's all a a mess for 50 minutes. I think that changed the momentum, brought Palace back in the game. But up until then, we were far the better team, just like last year.
1: Yeah, Paul Tierney really did kind of steal the show in the first half. And and I saw Palace fans complaining about him as well, in fairness. I think he kind of made dodgy decisions both ways, really. There were some absolute stonewall fouls in there, not given. And then there were some just really bizarre yellow cards for decisions that were kind of nothing. Um, Liz, a lot is going to be made of our lack of striking prowess. I am so undecided about Raúl. I feel like there's like half the fan base that are like, oh, well, he's making lots of chances, he's doing well, and then the other half of the fan base are like, when are we going to accept that he's shit? Um, where do we stand? <laughs> because I can't work it out. But there were so many good moments yesterday, and then there was just some head in hand moments.
3: Yeah, it's a really difficult one. I said yesterday, I think it will just take one goal and I'll be like in love with him and obsessed with him. But at the moment, it's really frustrating. He's doing so much good in the middle of the park up until the final third. And then just in front of goal, he really just doesn't have it. Um, So it's so frustrating because I love so much about what he does. Um, But I'm sure we'll come on to this. I don't know whether he should start against Chelsea. I don't know whether he's done enough. um, If you can't put the ball in the back of the net to play up front in our team.
1: No, I mean, he would suit the Chelsea game if he can't put the ball in the back of the net, considering (laughs) their problems at the moment, Um, he'd fit right in, in that game. I mean, that's the most stonewall nil nil I think that we've ever seen. Um, Cam, I think the thing, I mean, Raul seems to be the biggest talking point out of this game, so we might as well dive right into it. You know, there were some brilliant moments. There was a lovely couple of moments of control in the first half, like the, the hold up play. I think it was a couple of times he brought Robinson into the match fantastically. There was one where he kind of like he controlled a header that. He had absolutely no right to control. He then managed to get onto the second touch into the box. He's got us up the pitch. He's 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 contributing to the team in so many ways. And yet just the chances that he's getting and he had two big ones. He had that first one in the first half where Andreas plays him through and, and, and you know, he gets it on target, which I guess is to be applauded. But it's also a relatively easy save from Johnston. Then there's the one in the second half. Bobby Decadova really plays him through. And now I can't decide for that chance in the second half, whether it's Raoul at fault or whether Andreas should be busting more of a gut to, to get there.
2: I don't know. I mean, I like what Raul intends to bring to the team. Um, Obviously, dropping deep into the midfield, as Mitro did so effortlessly, it's almost like it's a transition between him knowing how Silva wants him to approach games. And he's doing things relatively well, I have to admit. Um, And as we've already touched on, just without being ruthless and clinical in front of the target, which is obviously his bread and butter as a striker. And if we're going to trust him, has our leading number nine until January? Who knows? He's got to unearth his scoring. You know his hunger for scoring. There's no two ways about it, because we've got slim pickings anyway up front. Um, I can't really pick a favourite between Vinny, um, Vinny Raoul, <laughs> and Muniz. I'm not even. I'm not even going to entertain him in that conversation. But, but yeah, he got himself into some advantageous areas. He Work possession well, you just want him to be ruthless. You want him to just not look at the teammates around him when he's bearing down on goal. You don't want him to assist. That's not his primary duty. And as Liz rightly said, all he needs is a goal. All he needs is a goal. You know what? If he scored Vinny's goal last weekend, you know, a striker's finish just snaffling up a loose ball in the penalty area, I'm sure he would have stuck one away yesterday, without a doubt. Um his second opportunity in mind, I was basically in the away, Terrace, I was right down the front. And people were saying that it might have been a bit of a heavy ball through from BDR. Um I don't really agree with that. I still think it was played into a great area. Um the first touch was perfect really as a striker. You're not you're not you're not stunting the ball dead there, you're knocking it in front. Automatic defenders going with you, but you've got the edge on him anyway, because he can't dive in penalty if he makes contact. I don't know what he's trying to do pulling it across the six-yard box like that and the penalty area like that. You've got to drill across target and you've at least got to make the keeper work. And Andreas, (laughs) I don't think there's anything he can really do there. He was expecting Jimenez to shoot there. You could tell he was. I mean, it it fizzed across the target and he thought, oh, shit, I'm supposed to be, you know, at the back stick here trying to make something happen out of nothing. So, yeah, it's a strange one with Errol. You've got to remember, for 5.5 million quid, all right. It's fairly risk-free. We know that once he gets up and running, there is a definite striker in there that's capable, of, I think, of bagging double figures. He's going to go through a purple patch and he's going to the Do
1: you honestly think Raul can get double figures? That, Mate, I'm, I'm,
2: try- I'm trying to be the optimist here, you know? Yeah, I know. I appreciate that. I've, I've, I've been given dogs abuse in the past for writing players off way before, you know, their standing suggests they should be. Um, I'm just trying to back his corner a little bit here because you've got to remember it is a top, top striker. You know, he's just gone through a very, very difficult stage in his career. He needs to dig himself out of and The only way he's going to do that is if he has the full support of everybody behind him as well. And, yeah, touching on it again, all we need is that one goal. Liz said it. I totally agree with it. And that should catapult his season for us. And I'd have no qualms about him starting week in, week out. But when you've got a player like Vinny, whose record recently has been pretty decent as well, and also... He's a guy that obviously at home last season scored the winner against Chelsea too. Maybe a little bit of mind games in play there. Start him. Yeah, maybe Raul needs a little spell on the bench where he's like, OK, maybe I'm not necessarily top dog at this club. Maybe he needs to reflect a little bit. Maybe he needs somebody to actually be really breathing down his neck like Vinny, who actually on his day can stick it away. So we'll just see what pans out in the next couple of games. And I expect some big changes against Norwich, of course, because why not? Just
0: going back to that chance that um, Raúl had in the second half, do you feel like BDR could have looked to his left and played Pereira initially? Because if you watch the replay back, Raúl is sticking his arm out. He's actually pointing towards uh, Pereira as if to say he's not in a position where if he took the ball and he would have a better chance of scoring. If you look back at the clip, I do agree with him. But having received the ball, he's got to drill it into that corner because at the worst, the keeper's going to parry it into Pereira's feet. But Mm. I think he's got, he's just devoid of of confidence. Um, And I think that's where he was, he was hoping that that ball would go left and not in his direction. But I think to get that confidence, do you start him against Norwich?
2: I mean, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm vibing with you of, of us, honestly. I mean, I think in that position where BDR was centrally, and both centre halves were completely occupied by mm. the runs being made out wide, I, I, I would have put my laces through that if I was BDR personally. Yeah, it's fair point. There was a space, there was a gap opening up just on the edge of the eighteen. You think, have a pop, son. Mm. Like the defenders aren't bothered by you at the moment. They're watching the runs obviously being made away from you. I would, I, I would have let leashed, I, I would have unleashed something there. Just speaking from obviously an offensive standpoint, but. Obviously they work so so um, strictly and strenuously on these attacker scenarios, yeah. he's always going to give it to somebody. Um I think playing it across um across his body opposed to out like he did with him now is probably a bit of a harder option for him. Mm. Um it might have been easier for, for for a defender to read, I think, because it's obviously going across a defender as well, not necessarily away. Um it was the right ball. He just, They just need to do better. And that's all it is. We, we, we're not scoring enough and we're not convincing enough in front of the target as a, as a team. It's like,
0: it's like when you play Pro Evo on the PlayStation, when you're desperate <laughs> for your striker to score, you always ping that ball to him no matter what. And I feel like that might be part, part of what we were doing there, where that's a great chance for him to score. As Liz is saying, get that goal, changes his whole, his whole approach to playing and hmm. more confidence for the players around him to get to game the ball, get him goals. But I also feel like, um, did we start the right... Front three, did we? You know, I was surprised that Harry Wilson didn't start. A bit, a bit, a bit of dynamism against this Palace uh, back four, getting Harry Wilson to cut in from the on from the right, looks like Willian on the left. I think that would have played some balls through into to Raul would have helped. Yeah. Scored that goal in preseason yeah. with uh, Robinson playing that four, ball from deep, but along the ground. I feel like that's how we get Raul his goals.
3: Yeah, I would have started Wilson, and I thought Bobby Reed had a bit of an off game yesterday. Um, he wasn't dreadful by any means, but he did like he was making bad decisions at times so or wasn't receiving balls very well. Um And I think this Palace team, like Wilson doesn't have as much control as Bobby Reed, I think, but this Palace team wasn't effective enough that we needed a super controlled um winger. So yeah, I would have definitely started Wilson.
1: See, I thought, I thought BDR was okay. I, th- I think the front three as it was, was, was fine. Just to go back to the, the miss, the big chance, the, the one where Raul squared it. There's no way Mitro's doing either of these two things. There's no (laughs) way that Mitro is pointing and going, no, give it to Andreas. Absolutely no way. And there's no way if he gets in that situation that he's not going for the bottom corner. I want my strikers to be slightly selfish. That I don't want my centre midfielder or my number 10. I want my number 10 to have some vision. You know, I always love that Tom Kenny doesn't shoot. He looks for the pass. Nine, nine times out of 10, it works. I want my number 10 not to be selfish and to have some vision. Yeah. I want my striker to go for the bottom corner. Like, and, and I would forgive him for missing. I would have forgiven him much more. And look, I see what he's trying to do there. I get it. Probably on the, the prob- stage of probability, squaring it there probably made sense. But I just think yeah. a striker just needs to shoot sometimes. And maybe that's a little bit like no tippy-tappy football, old school Sam Allardyce kind of thinking. But just sometimes it's true. <laughs>
2: No, that's completely true. That is a striker's primary objective. That is what they're paid to do. They're paid to be ruthless. They're paid to get in those areas and put everything you've got through it. I don't like, you know what, assists are great, but <laughs> but you, you, you have got to get off the mark. You've got to break that duck somehow. And that was a prime opportunity for him to do it. And there's no two ways about it. We're all there going... Shoot for fuck's sake! Just shoot. Just you, you. You use your loaf You know. Do do exactly what you're out there to do. We, 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 you, you're not a playmaker. You're supposed to be a target man, a hit man. You know. That's the only. That's the only way. The only possible way he's going to get off the mark is if it actually does something about it. You know. It's it's not. It's not hard to understand as a, as a striker as a player. It's just frustrating to see because he's just so desperate to score as well. You know, it, it, it struck me as a man yesterday that just panicked in front of the target like, oh, Christ, I'm actually here. You know, I'm, I'm actually in a position where I'm supposed to be. You know, he, he just needs to calm down in that, in that moment. He's, both opportunities he had yesterday, if he had, you know, a split second more just to make his mind up and just to think about the scenario he was in, he would have stuck both of them away, I'm sure.
3: I feel for him so much, especially considering he's following someone who was so talismanic for us. I can't imagine how hard that would be. Like for all of my criticisms of Mitrovic as a player, um, not loads to be honest, but he was an incredibly instinctive striker, and Raúl doesn't have that. And we're used to having a guy up top who's like who breathes the score, and I just don't, I just don't feel that with him. Like I feel for him so much
1: it must be it must be so hard, and like he knows that like you know he knows that everyone's gonna be talking about it, and he was kind of like the topping on match of the day last night And they brought up the stats of like pre head injury post head injury I mean they are startling how much that obviously impacted him and and like you' you're looking at him, you're like, you are the same player in every way, like you're holding up the ball. You're everything that I can remember you for wolves. You're hard to play against. You're smart. You're bringing people into play. And then he's just like that moment in front of goal. Those, those key moments, those kind of things you can't like teach. It's like ingrained. It's like split second stuff. It's like, it's kind of heartbreaking to see. And I remember thinking when he came to Fulham of us, I was like, I think this is, I, I think that maybe a change of scenery is what we need. And, you know, he scored in preseason. I was like, here we go. Raul's back. Marcus Silva's breathed new life into someone. And maybe that still might happen, but it's kind of everything we feared. And it's, it's frustrating to see those kind of everything that the sports was saying same preseason. Like, I don't think he's going to be the guy to replace Mitrovic. I was like, no, but trust in Silva. Oh. And, I don't know. It's 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 horrible, and I almost don't want to talk about him because it's probably adding to the problem.
0: <laughs> well, we we know Marco can bring out the best and those who need a second chance. Look at Pereira as a perfect example, even Willian to a big degree, actually. Yeah. And we all believe that Rahul, with the with the right support around him, could easily have that supply around him to to bag a few goals and get that confidence, like we're all saying. Um, but when when we first signed him. I, I mean, I, I certainly had a knee-jerk reaction that if he was the replacement for Mitro, that we were going to be devoid of goals. And I, I got rightly slagged off for it initially because we had time to buy that proper striker. Um, and when it became more clear that Rahul was going to be our, our leading man, it is definitely a worry. But if, I just feel like, as we're saying, that one goal, he, needs, he just needs that... Just that one big moment, maybe it's a, even a penalty, something that hits, hits his hip and goes in. He doesn't even mean to go in. Just that moment to have everyone around him say, yeah, the, the system's working for you, that we're doing this to get you some goals. I think Marco's the right man for the job here. I mean, even in the in the post, uh, post-match post uh, interview, he was saying that he still believes in him, he still supports him, still knows he's doing all the right things. It's just getting, getting him over that line. And I think you're right. I think the more we talk about it, the more it becomes that, that um, the monkey on his back that we just need to need to get rid of and, and that's why I'm saying I think Norwich is the game for him I think we play him against Norwich but I think Vinny starts against Chelsea I, I don't think we can afford to to be this lackluster in front of goal five goals and six games is not what we're used to under Marco and we don't know what he's like and how we adjust systems based on a few fewer goals in games so it, it's, a, it's a headache it's not not a nice one
1: yeah, um, well, we'll see um, uh, what happens uh, against Norwich. I mean, Cam, I'm looking at this team yesterday and on one hand, I'm like, this team, like the, the the spine of it is so good. Like we bossed that Palace team yesterday. They barely had a sniff in the game. Like I feel like the strongest 11 when Polinia's in there, he's a rock, even Polini on a yellow card yesterday. I had no point yesterday did I think Palace were going to score. Like not once did I go like, oh. This is the moment I felt maybe the one where I think, um, Elise was offside. I did. I was yeah. a little bit like, Oh, but then he was actually about 10 meters offside. So it wasn't really anything. I just can't help, but think that if we had a striker with this team, that it would be really unstoppable. Like not many, we would go into nearly every premier league game thinking we're going to get something here because the spine, the defense, it is really solid back there we're so hard to play against when is in the side basically
2: yeah I mean everybody was on song yesterday weren't they Um, as a unit and collectively everyone pulled their weight but everybody stuck to their own you know responsibilities like respective responsibilities and they they executed them to a T I thought um, extremely hard for Crystal Palace to get any kind of momentum at all in the game because we were just so quick to close them down um, lost causes. There were there weren't really any lost causes for us in that game. If we uh, had possession overturned, we were so quick to rotate and uh, obviously overturn it as well, and just to press up again. Um, out wide, we had the better of them massively, and that's such a hard thing to do against a team like Crystal Palace, who have some dangerous players themselves. In attacking attacking areas and of course defensive areas, you're looking at players like Jordan IU, Um uh, Mitchell, obviously a bit of a hothead, but he's also dangerous, got a burst of pace in him as well. But um it all stemmed for me out wide. I thought Anthony Robinson and um Timmy Chestnuts were <laughs> they they were absolutely um outstanding. You know, everything that they did was um was perfect, I thought they the way that they both were anticip- they anticipated those you know weird little loose passes that Crystal Palace were playing into their, their 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 front men? They were first to it, um, and straight away they they had no second thought. They needed to get up the pitch and need to drive us up with it. Um, and I love that in both of them. But but you're right. I mean, centrally you got a 35 year old Tim Ream who had a fairly checkered start to the season. Maybe looked like there was a little bit of a cob where we need to to brush off, of course, but. He and Diop yesterday again were just calm. They're just so calm and they both have a good relationship with one another as well. Mm-hmm. And they're keeping, you know, 20-odd million pound signing out of the team, of course, in, in Calvin Bassey, who is no slouch either. He's an excellent ball player. We've seen it in pre-season. Obviously, the, the games that he's played for us so far and the minutes that he's had, he looks like somebody that's going to be extremely useful for us. But, I mean, Timmering just seems to get better and better. You know, there's just something about the man. He's just his timing, his awareness, the way that he anticipates and reads attacking scenarios from of, of, before it's even really arisen. He just has it on lock, and now Isa is starting to take notice of that, and he's starting to just pair up with Tim a lot more. So, if there is an opportunity, especially yesterday, if they even had an inkling of getting past Tim, Rim a was there to mop up. And then they play it centrally. There was a bit of time for them to obviously get their heads up and pick their passes. But it was just such a lovely, lovely bit of control from us yesterday. And I thought that we managed the game really well. Um, and all that we're needing is a bit of potency up top. Somebody with a bit of bite, you know, that latches on and doesn't doesn't shake loose until they've got themselves a goal and that we're two or three goals ahead. And we are missing that. And Avass um, even said it is something that... Marco Silva isn't necessarily used to at all and we're not used to and it's a conundrum that we've got to obviously sort out. But, yeah, it was virtually the the perfect performance from us yesterday and that's all there is to it. You're keeping a, a fairly dangerous Crystal Palace side very, very quiet at home as well. And we all know that obviously we've had good results away at Palace recently, Boxing Day being one of them, but that's, for me, an anomaly. They always have something in them and I think looking at the squads yesterday before kickoff you'd say that we're actually fairly evenly matched and it was mm-hmm. such a close one to call but there was no doubt that we were a better team on the day that's just because that we were much better prepared much better organized and just uh motivated to keep that clean sheet above anything else
1: yeah and I think I do think there was a bit of a missed opportunity yesterday at Crystal Palace without, um uh uh, mark and lee say uh their new signing franca in the middle as well i think that's that's a crystal palatin could be got at really and like i think we might look back at that and think oh we probably could have got when we should have got three points yesterday i think we all know that um avas uh timmy chestnuts as uh as uh camera in there (laughs) i I wasn't as convinced as everyone else by his performance against luton only because i just didn't think the left back was his natural position and I think that the team lost so much about Anthony Robinson it wasn't necessarily yeah. anything that Tim did I just think we lost a big like kind of key component of our team however at right back
0: yeah. yeah that's where he belongs uh,
1: yeah I mean and look I love Kenny tesse and, <laughs> and he, was, he was injured yesterday and he obviously didn't <laughs> make the squad but wow I feel like Kenny tesse has got a little bit of competition and that can only be a good thing I guess because you know, we know that Kenny's injury-prone. We don't know the extent of this injury. We've got two brilliant right-backs now in the squad.
0: does it look better to see his name there rather than Mbappé? Um, Mbappé's. Mbappé's. Let me say that properly. Mbappé!
1: I'd love to know I'd trade
0: in. i trade him
1: we'll right Timmy Mbappé if possible.
0: <laughs> Isn't it better to see his name rather than Kevin Mbappé's uh, <laughs> name on the team sheet is what I meant to say. Ah. Uh because yeah, you're absolutely right. He's he's so good on the ball. I think he's got such great vision. He loves running, doing doing the overlaps on that right side, right hand side. He seems so much more natural getting to the byline, putting in that cross or that that uh, pass back to the top D. On the on the left, I think he also stifled Willian quite a bit as well because he doesn't make the runs overlapping on that left side because he obviously is right footed. But I, I I I'm quite high on him even on the left side. I think he's a good cover for both sides. We're still waiting to see um, what um, Balotore is like. Obviously, he probably plays on Wednesday we give them mm. a run out as well, but on the right, I think it's great to have that competition. It's only going to bring the best out of Kenny as well. Um, mm. But uh, at the moment, it's hard not to love. Hard not to love uh, Chestnuts. He's uh, yeah. he's going to. going to be vital this season. I think it's going to be a big, especially if Kenny's out for a bit of time.
1: I love this new nickname that the <laughs> plans have adopted him, Timmy Chestnut. It's just it's just a much it's just imagine, it just, just just works, doesn't it? Imagine
0: if he starts scoring goals over Christmas, he'd be roasting in an open fire. Oh, no, no, oh. No, no.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you ripper. <laughs> I might not be
0: good on puns on the telegram, but I can do them here.
2: <laughs> That's a mess.
1: Um, that, that, that was just exceptional, wasn't it? All right. Well, that will do for the Crystal Palace round We're gonna take a break there and get into some of your questions. Part two of the Fulhamish podcast It is Sammy here with Cam Ramsey, Elizabeth Barnard and Avas Malik as well. Uh, Just quickly, a couple of housekeeping notices. First of all, thank you to everyone that continues to back Fulhamish in the Fulhamish community, supporting our pods, articles and videos. If you'd like to support what we do, uh, head to the link in the description or you can find it all on the Fulhamish website as well. As a bonus, if you uh, support Fulhamish, uh, you get access to our community uh, on Telegram, which is an awesome place to chat all things Fulham secondly our Fulhamish live show uh, which is going to be happening after the Sheffield United at the half moon tickets will go on sale for that this week and on sale yet but hopefully they'll be on sale later this week so uh, keep an eye out uh, on our Twitter and on Instagram as soon as the ticket portal goes live we're basically just waiting for the half moon to get it sorted um, then then we will let you know but we'd love to have you there it's so much fun uh, to do our live shows Uh, at the half moon after games. And uh, yeah, we're going to be doing it after the Sheffield United game, which I believe is the 7th of October, if I've got my dates correct. 7th of October, kind of starting about five o'clock. So put it in your diaries and we will make sure that we uh, get those uh, ticket links live this week. Um, Very excited to be back in front of an audience. Right, let's go into some of your questions. Uh, I'm going to come on to some of the more controversial questions that we received uh, in a minute. But first of all, Patrick 2004 says, what do we think of a Wobie so far? Personally, I think he's looked very good. Uh, he's made two sub appearance um, of ass and yeah, I think that he's adding a lot when he comes on. I I'd like to see him start again. Cause I think that when you come on with like 20 minutes to go into the two tight games that he has, I feel like, it's, it's it's high pressure moments and he's maybe scared to like give the ball away or whatever. And I don't feel like he's taking too many risks because it's not been, it's been tight moments that he's had to come on and stuff. But I like what I've seen so far.
0: Yeah, he's a completely different kind of eights that we've had before. And you're right, he's come on in two games where there's been one goal in the first game and the other game was nil-nil. So you can't afford to make too many mistakes. You can't be uh, too bold on the ball or off it. But I, th- I think he brings a different energy to the game. He's a ball carrier from deep. He can play out wide. He can hover out wide when others are playing more centrally. Um, he's got an assist on him. We know we can finish. Um, I, I'm, I'm really happy with the signing. I think he's a, a great squad player. I'm, I'm Starting to feel like, what, like, what kind of an impact you might have starting against Chelsea, for example, um, where. He's that ball carrier that we need to get into that final third with a bit of energy, a bit of pace. Um, he's got good thinking, good uh, good decision making. Uh, I just feel like sometimes with Reed, he's a bit more of a defensive eight, maybe more of a, a, a natural DM. So do we, you know, if games against Palace, for example, do we feel like we need that creativity that we've been lacking, especially if you haven't got a striker that's like like he's, he wasn't scoring. Um, so I think it won't be starts for me against Norwich just to get his get some minutes in his legs and see where we go from there. But no, it's great signing so far, I think.
3: Liz yeah, I would say a be definitely starts against Norwich for me, um but I can't have this taking Harrison Reed out <laughs> and starting like <Lina>. that. <laughs> I just can't have it. um I think Reed is one of our most consistent players and really gives us a security in this team that we need in this league um. I would be interested, perhaps, in having Awobi replacing Pereira, who I don't think has set the world alight this season. Um, I was really impressed yeah. by his energy yeah. when he came on, but I don't think we can sacrifice the tenacity that Reed brings us at all. I just don't think that's a good option.
1: Yeah, well, um, I've got a question here. Perfectly moves me on to it. Fulham Andrew, I'll go to you on this one, Cam, says, what do we reckon of Andreas? Maybe Awobi could play the 10. From what I've heard from Everton fans, I think, obviously, like Awobi does seem like a bit of a Swiss Army knife. He can play at the 8, he can play the 10, he can play left wing if he needs to as well, but... From what I'm hearing, the ten is his kind of best position, where I think Awobi can be carefree, not have to worry too much about the tracking back and all of that. He can just kind of be free to have a bit of a laugh. Um, <laughs> I'd I'd be up for seeing him in the ten, and and Andreas, I like Andreas, but he, he isn't massively delivering in either assists or goals. So I think that's where Awobi should be providing the most competition.
2: Yeah, completely. I mean, I've got. Andreas in my FPL team and he only gets really like one or two points every every week, which is okay, but it's obviously an indictment of his creativity and what obviously what he brings to the table as well. Um and I also like him, I think he's a cute player. Um I think that obviously uh, his intentions are there, his intentions are good, and he's got good creativity when he, you know, actually wants to get his head in the game. Um but with a he was Everton's best player last season. We've got to respect that, and we've got to recognise that. You know, shelling twenty odd million, however much we spent on him, you know, he should get some proper minutes, because yeah, on Saturday I think that he was caught in two minds on what he should actually be achieving when he's, uh, you know, when he's on the pitch for those fifteen minutes or so. But the game certainly opened up when he did enter the fray too. Um, there was good opportunities being obviously. Forged by him, um, he occupied his opposition very well and his market very well. Um, and I just think he's such a difficult player to pin down. He just seems like somebody that is so interchangeable across the final third. He will just bring a hell of a lot more, um, you know, a hell of a lot more opportunity to, to our system than what Andreas does. Because Andreas, I think, sometimes gets a little bit overshadowed, a bit, a bit cast out by defenders, um, he's quite easily containable. Um, Iwobi has that burst of pace; he has that energy that is hard to it's hard to breed in a player. Um, the only way we're really going to find out if he's any good in the number ten for us is, of course, in a cup game against you know Norwich City, a team which are doing fairly well in the Championship, of course, but by no means. Yeah. Well, what was the score yesterday in there, guys? 6-2 to blimmer <laughs> oh shit oh mate were they ahead no they were 4-0 no down. Barely...
1: No down at half time yeah.
2: man I barely looked at my phone I thought they were 4-0 no up or something like that uh-huh. um, imagine that away day Oh, oh, scrap, that is miserable, that isn't it? It's a long oh. fucking
1: way to Plymouth to 4-0 down at half-time. I think they brought a decent allocation down to Plymouth as well. Oh. We'll, come, we'll come back on to Norwich in a minute. <laughs> um, Jason Lipscomb says, um, how are we going to score goals? I don't believe it's down to only Raoul. More creativity? Um, Avas. it isn't. Obviously, it's not just down to Raoul. It's not like Raoul is missing from a yard out. Like yeah. Yes, okay, he should have done a little bit better with the chance that, all the chances that he had, it's not just that, you know, I think I uh, actually matched the day pointed out brilliant yesterday. Robinson makes that fantastic run from left back. He's right. Ru- he's through. It's kind of three on four yeah. and, and he gets the wrong pass. It's yeah. moments like that, that actually are killing and why our XG is just not that high because we're just not making enough chances
0: absolutely it's that final third composure that I think I think is lacking at the moment and that final final decision making that uh, we're lacking but I also feel like we're, we're adjusting to life of that metro. We played what five six league ga- five league games that we played a little bit in the first game we're sort of mm. adjusting to what Rahul needs or how we're going to supply him the ball I think as we're talking about Andres Pereira as well he's the kind of player that should be contributing not just with assists but he should be banging in a few goals for us as well Willian have that chance early on as well, where he could have been a bit better with his cross shot chance. I think he didn't put as much power into it as he normally would do. So I think there's a, is a collective here where we need, which we're still trying to learn how we're how as an attacking team we're going to approach games, how we're going to break teams down. That Luton game was really really tough because they had, as we were saying in the podcast before, six eight players sort of in a, as a low block. Whereas against Palace, a bit more open. You'd think that playing some balls through Rahul would be latching on, but we're still, we're still learning. And I feel like. You know, Norwich is a great example, great chance to to play, blood, blood some of these players in, get some confidence in the, in that attacking way, and um, just get used to scoring, getting used to getting those balls through the over the top, through the lines. I, I just think uh, this Norwich game is coming at a great time for us, just to just to remember how to score, remember how to be free flowing again. <laughs>
1: Well, oh, flipping hell. I really hope, <laughs> I really hope it <laughs> is, mate. Um, yeah, we conceded six
0: to Plymouth. You'd like to think we can score a couple at home. Um, oh, you know,
1: Plymouth are good. Yeah. Um, uh, Elizabeth, a lot of questions on this kind of vein. I'm going to go for this one from Jamie Gray. It says, do we need a new striker in January? I mean, the obvious answer is yes. But look, you've got three already who are <laughs> vying for places. You've got Jimenez, you've got Carlos, you've got Rodrigo. I, I, I hate to break it. I know there's a big Mitro fee pop, but, um, you know, cash sum burning a hole in Tony's pocket. I I don't see us signing someone in January. Like, I hate to I feel like preparing yourself for disappointment now because I just don't see it happening and I don't know who's out there. I think there were a couple of options in the summer. I still think if we'd have known that Mitro is going, Victor Yokeres would have been fucking perfect, but, you know, the timing didn't work. But, I don't know who you get. I don't know who's out there that is available short of like, you know, I'm sure there's someone in the area to visit that Jack Collins will tell me in midweek, but I don't actually know who out, who's out there, who we would realistically get.
3: Yeah. I get Jack on a di- direct line to Tony. Um, I'm sure we can sort yeah. something out. Yeah. It's a difficult one. I do think um, like love the guy, but Rodrigo Minas is probably not quite up to it. And I would be keen to get him mm. off our books. Um, like, I don't know who's going to take him, but that's a separate issue. It's hard to get value in the January window as well, and especially if this kind of run of form continues for us, where we're scoring less than a goal a game, I think like people will know that what we're desperate for and will really hike up prices for us and make it super difficult. I don't know. Maybe like my my big take on this is I think Vinicius deserves more of a chance. I don't think he's going to. I, the think, world I, I
1: think. Once, I think. I think until Vinicius has had his chance, and then you know, if we're in a situation to December where Vinicius has been given seven games and he gets no goals, then maybe then I think we really start. But like, we've got to give Vinny the chance first before we then start going shopping for strikers. And Cam, we're in this fucking weird situation where I, this Premier League is weird, man. Like, look at the result today. Look at that result today. Sheffield United losing eight nil at home. Like that you've almost got your three relegated teams there. Like it's it's, it's this weird situation where Fuller might be thinking, We might just get away with this. We might just get away with not having a striker this season. And look, this could be famous last words and we're not <laughs> safe or anything, but like this Premier League is shit.
2: Yeah, don't get it twisted. We're lacking a target man, definitely, but we're by no means shite. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there, there 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 are easily three to four, maybe five teams in this division which are a lot weaker than us, and it really shows. The only real drubbing or, you know, humbling we've had this season is of course against Brentford in a local derby which can go either way on the day. it's it's, it's not an easy game to call. So I have no problem with the uh, personnel we have available at all at the moment. Of course we can all sit there and go, Oh, I would have loved to have splashed fifty million quid on some nomadic striker from, you know, the Juniper Pro League or whatever, who's scored thirty goals in fifteen games against against teams that are two star rated on FIFA or something like that. It's easy to get lost in that translation with the transfer window because, obviously, representatives and journalists love to hype up pretty average players. Um, I agree with Liz as much as I hate to say it um, because I don't really rate Vinny that much at all. I still think that he is our best option at the moment. I do. And I want I want Raul to succeed at this club. I want him to get back and fire in all cylinders again. But the one man he's got goals and assists in this game, obviously they're sporadic, but towards the end of last season he was he was excellent for us. I mean, Carlos, he just brings something different to what Raul does. Um so I'm not looking at Fulham and thinking, Christ, we're in we're in, you know, we're in hazard hazardous klaxon zones here. Yeah. Um that the alarm bells aren't ringing at all. We we just have a little dilemma within the team, as any squad does, that we just need to overcome, and we will. Yeah. Um, but definitely, I agree also with you, Sammy. We we aren't going to sign a striker in January. We're just not. We don't, We're not going to operate like that. We're not going to go out and splash thirty million quid on a striker just to appease the masses. That's not the way for them works. That's not the way the cards work. If it ain't broke they ain't going to fix it necessarily if we're picking up the odd point and the odd scrappy win here and there to keep us afloat mid-table. That's all we can hope for and that's what we're going to get this season. It's not going to amount to much, I don't think, at all. But you've got, to, you, you, you've got to acknowledge the fact that they're a business as well and they've got to be looking after, obviously, their their funds and are not going to go out and spend 30 million quid on the striker, which could ultimately fail just as badly as Raul Jimenez did. So, suck it up and ride on, basically.
0: With the three three teams that are as poor as the three that have come up, it is worth the risk of just seeing how we are at January. I mean, we are eight points after six games, which is exactly the same record as we had this time last season and arguably against a harder run of fixtures to start the season. So we've certainly got a squad that's built really, really well over the summer, bar the striker and maybe a left wing um, to cover for Ann. So maybe by January, if we're comfortable, why why uh, as Liz says, buy a strike at an inflated price in January. Maybe wait for Stano to come back from Birmingham next next summer. He's banging in the goals for Birmingham. Um, I mean, like, he's he's turning twenty one, I think, by the time yeah. he'd come back. I mean, what a great time to bring him into the fold.
2: Maybe Absolutely, bring him... man. The, the the kid's on fire, the isn't it? You fire. got you got guys from Coventry, yeah. You've got guys from <laughs> Coventry that are sitting there watching and going, ah, this lad's quality, like. I can't do a Coventry accent. I'm not going to persist with that. (laughs) Was that that
1: so I didn't even realise you were trying. (laughs) Oh,
2: mate, I've got many accents. They just just come full flow. But you've you've got, you've got them them sitting there saying, oh, could he play centre mid? You know, he looks like a really tidy operator on the ball. Somebody that's actually got, you know, very good poise and creativity involved with him as well. And it's like, mate, he's a striker. Like, I understand he's shit hot and he is, He's going to have a very, very good career ahead of him as well. But come on, man. Know your station here. We are not selling him to Coventry City. We're not selling him to Birmingham City. He's going to come back to Fulham and he's going to bag 50 goals a season. I think there's two things for me here.
1: It's like, one, yes, we're going to be fine this season without a striker. I think I and mean, it's not going to be always pretty. What I think is the biggest disappointment is I think that with this team that we've got, if you had a firing striker, yeah. if you had Mitro, let's be honest with the signings that we made, I think that this Fulham team is honestly like good enough for like, dare I say it like a fight for Europe. Like yeah, I genuinely yeah, think that if we had Mitrovic this season, I think the spine that you've got, you've got like Leno in goal. We know the defense is pretty solid on its day, especially when Polini in there, who is one of the best defensive midfielders in the league. And then you've got the kind of quality that we've got on the wings. It could be better, but it could be a lot, lot worse. And then if you had a striker up front, I think what is sad for me this season is the potential missed opportunity of something exceptional rather than necessarily the worry that we're not going to stay in the league. And I think that's the biggest point for me, Liz.
3: I think there is a possibility that I like, I don't, I don't think we'll go down. I still think there's a possibility. I think there's a probability that one of the three promoted teams kind of gets their act together, gets in a new manager that turns them around or whatever, does a really great January window and gets it sorted. Um, I'm not worried about this season particularly, but if we have a bad, mediocre, bad season, still don't go down, stay in the Premier League, and then we lose Polina and Marco in the summer, where does that leave us for next season? That's my real concern. Not to be all doom and gloom, and three years in the Premier League would be great, but it's not looking good. He's got I, think that, I think that I think that's like, the bigger it. thing
1: is like you know that this isn't going to last forever. You're not going to keep some of the players that we've got into next season. And look, it would be so typical Fulham to fix the striker problem next <laughs> season, and then Polina's gone, and we can't keep a clean sheet for love nor money. But I guess that is just the the life of being where we are in the food chain that we're going to lose players and short of like winning the lottery and it all clicking at the right moment, the right time. And even then when that happens, then the vultures keep coming in. It is the life of supporting a club like Fulham. You have to constantly evolve, constantly change, constantly deal with a problem. Like you haven't got a left back or the keeper's crap <laughs> or something like that. I mean, you're looking at Brentford this season, like yeah. they're finding it as well. Like life in this food chain in the middle, middle of the table is not easy. And they've lost someone like Rico Henry out for the season. And I think Brilliant. they're going to have a lot. I think they're going to find it tough like i don't think they're going to go down but they're going to find it tough like that's what life is kind of like in the middle um, i just want to come on to this final question which honestly i'm this isn't i'm i'm, I'm just going to go on the <laughs> attack here I'm a f- <laughs> fuming about this andrew reed dick and i'm honestly liar, i haven't added that final name that's his actual um,
2: emphasis though. So, yeah <laughs> massive emphasis I'm said, when case. did
1: sammy james start going gray didn't think last season was that stressful lol <laughs> come on man I'm out here trying to make a nice podcast for everyone and I'm getting messages like that
2: you're distinguished wow. my man yeah. you're distinguished it's fine it's fine to go grey at 30 or yeah. 31 are you
1: <laughs> it's not good though is it I, I, I had to spend the afternoon googling just for men
2: <laughs> did you find the right
1: tone at this oh uh, no I got lost in a sea oh. of options
3: don't look too closely at the top of my head because I've been going grey since 2018 19 Um, Andrew Schurler really was just not like the stress that that was too much (laughs) (laughs) downhill spiral from there
2: I've got, got grey shocks as well. I, I quite like them. Yeah, yeah. i got grey in my beard. to be embarrassed by, you know. I what, what, you, what I feel what I feel most
1: affronted by is that I'm fairly sure that like the, the things that we do to camera for Fulhamish, like the cameras that we're using aren't good enough for you to be able to see my grey hair. So Andrew seen me like up close and personal. I feel like <laughs> in the concourse and has noted it down. Didn't say anything to my face, but just thought, you know what, I'm going to get on Instagram and just give him a sly dig. Yeah.
0: When's Our the next podcast? I need to ask him a question.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, don't, don't ask me about Raul Jimenez, whether he should be sold in January. let go on here and ask him about his grey hairs. i tell you when I first had my grey hairs was the season that we went down under uh, Felix Magath.
0: Oh, you need some so cheese. It, was, it
1: is Fulham related, and I've never recovered ever since, really, because once you start going grey, you don't stop. I hear
0: right, that some this... good Gouda will sort out grey hairs. Some, some Gouda, good some Gouda or Edam, some cheese.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mate, this, this geezer has unrolled a sleeping bag in your, in your head at the moment, hasn't yeah. he? You know? <laughs> Livid. He's, he, he's sleeping in that head of yours, man. He's, he's, he's not yeah. paying any money for it either. You are rattled, my man. Oh, he's, rattled. He is chuckling away hearing this, bro, as well. He's probably elbowing his
0: mates. Have a listen to this last bit of the podcast. Honestly,
1: <laughs> you should see his profile picture as well. Like, I'm on his Instagram now. Like, he's absolutely loving life. Look at him, look at him there. He's just like out there trolling me.
2: Sammy's obsessed with him. Okay, he's, he's got you on strings. He's got you on strings. He's got some of on his it. profile picture. You can't mess with them.
1: Livid, <laughs> livid. Anyway, thanks for all your questions today, apart from Andrew. I wish you could block the podcast. I wish I could do that. I wish I could stop people listening somehow, because if I could, I would do that for you, Andrew. Outrageous behavior. <laughs> right, we're going to take another break. Afterwards, we'll look ahead to Norwich City in the Cup. part three of the Fulhamish podcast Sammy here still angry with vast Malik Cam Ramsey and Elizabeth Barnard let's look ahead then to Norwich on Saturday and a few of their fans might have got a few grey hairs if they made a trip down to the southwest to watch them lose 6-2 to Plymouth Um, I, I don't know why I seem to follow Norwich slightly more closely than than your average team that I might follow I don't know just follow a few Norwich fans, know a few Norwich fans and um, Cam, they've been going on about how they've had a great start to the season. Uh, that was until Saturday when uh, Plymouth, admittedly, not a bad team um, and came up from League One with 100 points. Um, still, though, you don't lose 6-2 to Plymouth and uh, and be happy about it. And so I guess we've got and Norwich in a slight state of chaos. They've also lost three of their last four. They lost to Leicester. That should be expected. Lost 2-1 at Rotherham. So it's, it's annoying because I want to say this is basically the perfect tie that you want in the Carabao Cup, but I don't want to jinx things.
2: It mean, just goes to show how much I've been paying attention to them, really. I'll just off the bat said, yeah, they're having a fantastic season. I thought they won, like as, as I said earlier, I thought they won at the weekend. I was completely <laughs> convinced that they did. I would have expected them to, you're right. I mean, Plymouth's probably a hard place to go to. I've never been there before, so I can't really have, a, have an opinion on if it's a fortress or not. But, yeah, you're right, losing 6-2 obviously proves that, uh, that they were well and truly paddled. Um, <laughs> they're going to... They're going to come back all guns blazing, aren't they? They're going to have a reaction in the cup against Premier League opposition. Um, a chance for their, their as their first team, to redeem themselves. And what better place to do it than at Craven Cottage in, a, in the yo-yo derby, as you put it earlier as well. Um, it's an occasion to savour. Um, I, I I want us to field a strong squad because I want us to have a good cup run this season. Yeah. Um, obviously, Norwich City isn't necessarily a fixture which uh, tantalises the senses in any stretch of the imagination, but it's certainly different to what we're used to. Anyway, in the last couple of years, at least, it's not necessarily um, you know Manchester City rolling down with uh, their first their first team to give us a six nil gubbing or something like that. So it's an opportunity for us as we touched on earlier to obviously find some some scoring form, have a bit of fun as well. Um, but also to keep the intensity up as well, because this is still an opportunity for us to progress. It's not a free hit. It's not an easy game by any stretch of the imagination either. So treat it as you would a Premier League game. Treat it as you would any game, to be quite honest with you. Don't believe in games where you step off the intensity and you step off, uh, obviously, your focus as well. Um it's, it's, it's a game which could go either way. And if they're getting beaten, beaten 6-2 by Plymouth, then we can go out and uh, hopefully lob a couple past them without any reply either.
1: Yeah. And of course of us, it is the Shane Duffy derby. Shane Duffy <laughs> has been playing uh, centre-back. Yes. Um, not sure we're going to be chanting if Duffy scores were on the pitch in this game. If Duffy scores, I think we're all going to be pretty angry. Rather oh, no, I'm, than on tempted. The pitch.
0: I'm tempted to run the pitch if he scores.
1: Maybe if it's a consolation. <laughs> if if it's he a puts, them, if he no, puts no. them 1-0 up with 10 minutes to go, I doubt, <laughs> Maybe I doubt, not. I doubt any of us are going to be laughing.
0: No. You know, a a game, a midweek game under the lights is always great atmosphere, and I think it's going to be a good game for us to see some goals, as Cam's saying. I think it's it's time that we we play a we take the cup seriously, play a semi-strength, semi-strong team, uh, and let's go at them. I think that as much as they can have a reaction, I think we're going to have a reaction to no goals or one goal in two games. I think this is a point for us to prove as well. Um, So I I I, I'm I'm with Cam. Strong team. Let's let's show them what we are. We're Premier League. They're not.
1: Yeah. Um. Uh, Liz, they do have a couple of, um, you know, really exciting young players, Norwich. I think the biggest one is, uh, is Johnny Rowe on the wing. He's got, uh, got four goals. Mm. Um, It's just nice to play Norwich again after, (laughs) after a while, isn't it? It's been genuinely such a long time. And, And and I guess the jokes have now stopped about Fulham and Norwich never playing each other because finally we were the team that were able to to stay up in in the Premier League. But yeah, I mean, this is a this is a tough place for Norwich because they kind of like never quite made it in the Prem and, you know, had some pretty desperate attempts at trying to stay up. Now it looks like Ipswich might go up this season as well. Like the tables have turned so much for uh, for Norwich. Um, But this this is just one where Fulham have got to be professional, get the job done, because I don't know. I'm looking at the way this Carabao Cup is opening up and there's so many all Premier League ties as well in in this round. You've got uh, Chelsea, Brighton, Brentford, Arsenal, Newcastle versus Man City, Aston Villa, Everton, Man United, Crystal Palace. Get through this round, get through the obstacles. And I'm not saying we're going to reach the final like I predicted, but um, I don't know there's something there and like why the hell wouldn't we take this seriously like this is this is our chance to do something like and make this season be something remarkable
3: i think you should have faith in that like you famously said that polinia had signed a new contract and then the next day (laughs) that news broke like if we made it to the carabao cup final i'll be on the phone to you begging for the lottery numbers you know like (laughs) you gotta yeah we gotta take this seriously um I'm sure we'll play a slightly rotated team but I also think Norwich will play quite a rotated team like they're going for promotion um and the Carabao Cup is probably the least of their priorities at the moment so I'm hopeful that we can do it and if I I'm hopeful that Duffy does come back um and start for them and like maybe he can receive his like forever fulham award at half time. that would be really nice uh while he's <laughs> here um yeah really up for this one uh, it should be a good game
1: cannot get a forever fulham award paying <laughs> twice <laughs> you just can't i know that we all liked him and all of that like
0: I'm we collected it, it. Will he collect in his Norwich kit as well? Yeah, why
1: not? (laughs) (laughs) Shane Duffy in a half and half. um, Norwich and and Fulham. Mm -hmm. Um, Cam, who would you like to see playing uh, in this game? I mean, we played a pretty strong side in that Spurs match and and that might have been partially the opposition because I think we knew we had to really to have a chance of getting through against a team like Spurs. Um, I would expect there to be I, I, well, I'm actually, yeah. Who, who do you think? Basically, I mean, surely, like, is it Moonis Is it Vinicius? Is it Wilson? A have asked, mentioned mm-hmm. earlier. Yeah, who, who, who are we
2: expecting? I'd like to see um, uh, the other German stopper. We have uh, Stephen Bender, obviously, get himself between the sticks. He's had injury problems. Um, he was Swansea's first choice before he did suffer that injury to his knee, I believe. Um, highly rated as well, and still, still a young. What, do you, think you you
1: would you would you want to see him above Marek? Because as much as I'm like um, seeing the new I, player,
2: like I, I would like I would like to see him blooded. I'd like to see him mm. be introduced to the home fans personally, because obviously we know what Marek can bring. We, we know who Marek is. We know what he's about. But you've made a summer signing. You've made a new addition to the goalkeepers department. Why wouldn't you give him an opportunity in Carabao Cup? And he's a decent stopper as well. Um so yeah, I'll, I'll start Stephen Bender. All right, Calvin Bassi. I think he's got to get back into the team yeah. as well, for him to build up ahead of steam and obviously just to feel like he's actually a relevant player and in in, in, in in this in this squad, which seems to have buttoned down a partnership with Tim Ream as a Diop. Um Ballotore, I know that he only featured a handful of times for AC Milan last season. That's only because Tej Hernandez is the best yeah. is 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 the best um right back, left back, you know, utility defender that there is, in my opinion. He's an absolute beast. So there's no detriment to Bellatorre for that. Um Wilson, definitely. I think he's got to get back on the pitch. He looked really sharp when he came on. Um What's Triore saying? Because well,
1: he wasn't on the bench for Palace, no. so you'd be surprised. I mean, honestly, Avass, you could probably just look at the subs bench for Fulham and be imagine yeah. that like most of them are going to get a game. I still, yeah. I disagree with Cam. I think Rodak will get the nod um, <laughs> over over Bender. You had Bassi, Wilson, the- Kenny, Balatori, Muniz, Awobi, yeah. yeah. Vinicius, and Francois. You know, you could make a case for nearly all of them starting. I agree. Really.
0: I-, I would only pick Rad- Rodak because of how well he did against Spurs, saving that penalty. You got to keep them going. I think it like we've got three excellent keepers. Rodak is good enough to be the cup keeper. Maybe rotating with Bender. I think ballatori has to play. I think basse has to play. I say like, Harris still around. We should still play. It. Is he was he out? Yeah, sometime? yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah Harris, still Harris, Francois, T. C. Um, it won't be. They all need minutes. I think Wilson not playing um, needs to, to play. Defig yeah. rolls. Defig rolls as well. I was thinking of his name. Leadership. Defusia rolls. Maybe he can play right back. So you know. If uh, if Tete is out for a while, I don't know whether um, Chestnuts plays um, Wednesday and then against Chelsea. If there's enough yeah. time to, for him to rest, it's probably too much for him. So there's there's enough food for thought here. And I think whatever team we put out is more than capable of getting two three goals, keeping a clean sheet, having a nice Wednesday night in the cottage. Hmm. Fingers, crossed. <laughs>
1: Fingers crossed. Fingers uh, crossed. Liz, any final thoughts on that lineup?
3: Yeah, I think that sounds about right. I'd start Crowjack as well, based on what Vass said. Like um, he was great against Spurs. I'd, I'd like to see a W B start. I'd like to see Ballet-Touré. Those are the two that I'd really like to see. I don't really know whether Bender's is a first, a second, or a third choice keeper. I'm like, was slightly yeah. confused when we brought him in. Yeah. Is he the? Is he the new Fabry? Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, is he doing what? <laughs> no Martin
1: one can. No one can be That's the new Fabry. Chance. Only Fabry is the real Fabry. Is he's is almost Fabry. as iconic as Ben yeah.
3: Duffy. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I, just to see and some young players would be nice. But we we do need to take this seriously. So, yeah, yeah. senior president. Only
1: Fabry was picked. Only Fabry was pictured with a stop the greed flyer. Um, yeah, and said
2: uh, uh- <laughs> <laughs> He was the funniest geezer, man. You'll Iconic. Catch him on, you'll catch him on the train on you know on the way out from Wimbledon District Line. <laughs> he's clobbered up in all the Fulham gear. Yeah. Everyone's walking past him like he's just some some mentalist just wearing full kit nobody really knew who he was and then you go hey Fabricio like that and he sort of got hello my friend he's got he's got like a tray full of coffees full of players he's yeah. just sort of like, he, he was a coffee runner basically He was like, the water like, boy oh no yeah literally he was a, a very nice chap yeah that's, a very nice chap yeah.
3: that's not a man who's being recognised by many people <laughs>
2: Yeah. The coffee man. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'd spot Fabry yeah. anywhere. I'd spot Fabry from a mile off. He's, he's an iconic uh, Fulham player. All right. Well, that'll do for today. Thank you so much uh, for listening. Cam, we need to name the pod. What was your favourite three-word review? And don't pick the five-word review.
2: Um... <laughs> I'm going to go for the man, Richard Dicky Smith um, for Rowley Needs Goals. Yeah. Rowley it's, Need
1: Goals or Rowley Needs Goals?
2: It's Rowley Needs Goals. That's how he worded it. Yeah, um, very nice. Maybe we could doctor it Please. a little bit. But no, still, no,
1: no, no. We, we can we can stick with... We'll still uh, attribute
2: we're... it to Mr. Smith. Um, you know, there, there was such a competition for it. You know, yeah. that, there you go. So, well, Mr. Smith...
1: I know I know yeah, Richard he uh, he clobbered me at Crystal uh, no the Aston Villa game away and I was wearing uh, the sheepskin coat which if you watched yesterday's quick take, I was uh, uh, wearing way too hot for it yesterday and he just <laughs> shouted across the concourse John Mottson at me um, <laughs> Oh, also good. a very enjoyable moment. Um, me and Liz were oh, at the pub like yesterday after we recorded uh, the quick take. And I'm, uh, I'm talking to this guy um, who's had a few, you know, it's, it's been a good away day. The, the Prince George was fun. And um, he's like, oh, it's really cool that you get to meet so many of the players doing your job. And I was like, what? I've, met, I was, I've met a few players. Yeah, but like, I don't mean that many. Like, what? <laughs> he's like, what's Dimitar Berbatov like? I'm thinking Oh, no. I've never met Dimitar Burbato. so he thought I was Ivan Berry basically yeah. it,
3: what was funny about it is like I clocked within a second that he thought you were Ivan and but you, you didn't you didn't go oh you're confusing me with Ivan like that's not me you like kept going and I was like okay I'm just gonna leave this and just watch it play out it was absolutely hilarious
0: does Ivan does Ivan have many greys
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> that man doesn't have it. No, that man's immaculate. He hasn't got a grey hair. Absolutely no way. He's uh, he's Mr. Presenter, isn't he? Um, yeah. He was like, "You're not the man that does the Fulham TV." I was like, "No." Oh, it was so, it was so that's funny. Def- that's definitely uh, it's definitely I. Yeah, Sammy, yeah. um, says, I'm,
2: "I'm the man that does the Fulhamish podcast."
1: Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I said to I I said, no, I, I, I do a d- different podcast." and He had no idea. He was not so uh, Yeah, no, he was he he, he lost interest as soon as he realised it wasn't Ivan Berry that he was chatting to. Uh, that'll do for the podcast today. Thank you so much for listening. A vast, great debut. Let's clap him out. Thank clap you for having Raise your bat. Well done. Great thank debut. Uh, Cam Ramsey, thank you.
2: No worries. Strong team today. Well done, and guys.
1: Elizabeth Barnard, apart from not saving me from the man that thought I was Ivan Berry yesterday, thank you.
3: It was a pleasure. Thanks for having me on.
1: Uh, We'll be back with the Thursday club uh, a bit later on Thursday. Obviously, we're going to be recording after the Norwich game, reacting to that, and looking ahead to next Monday's game against Chelsea. Come on, you guys! All right, right, have a great start to your week, and up you wits.
0: You wits.